Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Merry Christmas and a very blessed Christmas. I'm Michael Parks, and I'm so happy and honored to sit down once again with the Bishop of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Uh, We do this uh, every Easter and Christmas. Yes, I am your ENC Catholic. Um, But it's a great opportunity and time for us to sit down with the Bishop and talk about the holiday season, talk about the things that uh, make us all happy, enjoy the season, and also uh, share some spiritual guidance uh, for us uh, and, you know, help us increase our faith, which is so important uh, during these times of the year. So uh, it's it's a pleasure to first and finally meet Bishop Timothy Sr., the 12th Bishop of Harrisburg. This is my first of what I hope will be many conversations with Bishop Sr. about Christmas and Easter and his views on recent events and happenings in the diocese. So, Bishop Senior, this is so great. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I'm delighted to do so. Now, did Bishop Gaynor uh, give you any warnings about me? Like, uh, tell you, it was like saying, watch this guy because he goes off script or anything? Uh, for better or worse, no. <laughs> so, but, uh, so I'm flying blind on that, Michael. You'll but be I... flying, you know, this is like uh, <laughs> what I told you before we started recording. This is a chance uh, for us to like to sit down with the folks who are listening, especially on the radio, uh, on a morning uh, where they're sitting around enjoying their coffee, being with friends. And just to enjoy, uh, you know, a time set aside uh, to talk about the holiday season. So um, since this is the first time, a lot of folks uh, may have met you but may not know much about you. So tell us a little bit about Bishop Senior. Sure. Well, I, I grew up in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, outside the city in a, in a little town called North Wales, mm-hmm. about uh, 25 miles outside of Center City, Philadelphia. Um, I was from St. Rose of Lima Parish there in North Wales. I went to Lansdale Catholic High School. Proud graduate, member of the class of 1977. It's a great school. I uh, had a wonderful experience there. Uh, then eventually I ended up as in St. Charles Borromeo Seminary and was ordained to the priesthood in 1985 for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. had a number of different uh, assignments. Initially I was in a parish for three years. I taught high school for one year. And then I was sent to graduate studies. I went to Boston College uh, for a three-year program, got a master's in social work and a master's in business administration, and I came back and worked for 12 years in Catholic Human Services in the Archdiocese. Became the director of Catholic Charities uh, in the Archdiocese. And then I was, uh, in 2004, um, Cardinal Regali had come to town. And in Philadelphia, he was succeeding uh, Cardinal Bevilacqua. And uh, I became vicar for clergy. And priest personnel matters became my focus for five years. And then in 2009, uh, Pope Benedict named me an auxiliary bishop of Philadelphia. I was the vicar general uh, for three years. And then I became the rector of St. Charles Borromeo Seminary, where I, where I uh, had been formed as a priest myself. And I did that for 10 years, and then I was chancellor for 11, chancellor of the, of the 
the seminary for a year. We were going through a, a, a tremendous uh, renewal of the program there. It was a really a wonderful opportunity, uh, but also we had to begin to plan for our future, a sustainable future. So that resulted in, in uh, selling the historic Overbrook campus and beginning the construction, which is underway in Lower Gwynedd, actually not far from where I grew up, mm -hmm. um, for the new St. Charles Borromeo Seminary campus. So uh, after overseeing that fo exclusively for a year, I got a call in April from the nuncio uh, that uh, Pope Francis had appointed me uh, Bishop of Harrisburg. So here I am. I arrived. It was installed in June. Uh, so I'm in my sixth month now for nothing is impossible with God. What was that <laughs> phone call like? You know, that's got to be, you know, I'm not sure, like, but, you know, it's, it's like, a, you know, for us to com compare maybe like a, a career change, but an advancement. But what was that call like? That must have been just such an honor for you. You must have been totally overwhelmed. Well, it would catches you off guard. Uh, believe me, yes. Um, uh, it's it, it, in, a, in a moment you you realize your life is changing dramatically. Um, I had just finished celebrating mass. Uh, it, was, it was Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, right after Easter uh, in April. I had finished celebrating mass at a parish in West Philadelphia, St. Barbara's, and um, I came out and my phone. I looked at my phone and there had, there was a missed call uh, from a a two o two which is Washington, D.C., area code. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't think about, well, who's calling me from Washington? They didn't, the person didn't leave a message. I'm involved with, with some work at the bishop's conference and different committees, and I thought, why would they be calling me on a Sunday morning? So I, I, I didn't call the number back. Uh, I just got in the car and, and started heading back to, to the rectory where I was living in Ballack-Kinwood, which was not very far. And sure enough, the phone rang again, and, uh, and I, I was driving the car, and it was our now Cardinal Christophe Pierre, um, and uh, he gave me the good news that uh, Pope Francis had appointed me uh, the Bishop of Harrisburg. Um, by then, I was trying to park the car in the parking lot at the rectory, mm -hmm. and uh, we had a, a bit of a conversation. You can't really say anything to anybody. You really have to, a spiritual director I could speak to, um, but you had to, I had to keep it uh, very, very confidential until it was publicly announced, which uh, didn't happen until uh, really uh, the following week. Um, and uh, but I was in touch with Bishop Gaynor uh, shortly after that, and Archbishop uh, Perez, who was my Archbishop in Philadelphia. Mm. Uh, so it was, uh, and then again, you know, uh, uh, lots of lots of prayer time too. It's yeah. it's a very special time. But yeah, you do kind of realize, you know, this is if this is what God is asking me to do. Uh, you know, it was Divine Mercy Sunday. I have I have devotion to the Divine the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. It's an important my uh, important part of my daily routine. So uh, I'm familiar with uh, those words, Jesus, I trust in you, and uh, went in and visited uh, uh, our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in, in the church there, St. Matthias in Balakinwood, and they were the first words that came to me. You know, if this is your will, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I knew whenever we do that, uh, as, the, as the expression goes, in his will is our peace. So. Amen. And it has been. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and, and it's and it's uh, kind of unique in our situation here in Central Pennsylvania because um, in past times uh, the change in bishop came to a tragic times. Uh, the, the the current bishop, you know, uh, became deceased, and uh, it, was, it was a sad and sorrowful time. But this this point, you know, Bishop Gaynor retired, and then you took over um, again. Uh, how have you? Uh, the folks in Central Pennsylvania, much like the folks around Philadelphia, are very very welcoming. Their faith is strong. Uh, so uh, how has it been like meeting some of the folks here in the diocese? Well, it's been great. I, I have to say, I, I uh, 
I've been around, uh, you know, to all of our 10 deaneries. I, I started out uh, by give, making the priority to do that. So uh, is it the diocese is 15 counties of central Pennsylvania, but there are 10 deaneries, which are kind of groupsing, groupings of parishes, each headed up by a pastor who is a dean of that deanery. And so that, that pastor hosted, uh, in each, each case, uh, a, a mass. I, I had the opportunity, though, to, to meet first uh, with the priests of the deanery, one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation, getting to know them, is a, is a huge part of my responsibility as bishop. And then we had a, uh, a mass where parishes, people from parishes in the deanery came to the mass. In many cases, they put together a deanery choir, and they were just beautiful celebrations. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got a sense of the, uh, uh, yes, there is a, a lot of consistent, strong faith across the diocese, but there's a lot of diversity, too. Sure. I know up in the northern deaneries, uh, northern, the northern deanery is one of them, and the Northumberland County, uh, as opposed to down in the south along Adams and Franklin and, and York counties, and then here around Harrisburg and then Lancaster. Uh, so I enjoy traveling around the diocese. I put a lot more miles on the car, uh, but it is, it's been wonderful to uh, get to know the priests and the deacons and so many dedicated, consecrated religious that we're blessed to have in the diocese. And, of course, you know our, our brothers and sisters, the lay, lay families and couples and lots of great single people that are just totally devo devoted to the, you know, their faith and living that out vibrantly. Um, it's humbling to become the bishop of a diocese. Uh, it, it really is uh, because there's an instantaneous set of expectations just by virtue of the office that I'm not quite used to yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I, uh, I am very grateful for it, and I know uh, and, and believe certainly in my heart that I'm where God wants me to be. Yeah. Uh, much like your predecessor, um, you really— uh, believe in in reaching out to the uh, the new generation, the younger generation. Uh, we have so many uh, fabulous uh, Catholic schools here in our region, and that's a, a key uh, to the diocese uh, itself. So, we'll talk about uh, some of the visits because that's important to you too. You you visit a lot of the Catholic schools. I do well. Yes, I I've uh, visited uh, uh, five of our six high schools at this up until this point. I actually have been. The only one I, I haven't been to sort of as a formal visit is Trinity, hmm. and I'm going to be at Trinity uh, during Catholic Schools Week um, Good. in January. But I actually have been to Trinity um, already uh, for an, uh, an anniversary celebration there. They celebrated their, I believe, 60th anniversary it was. Um, I've also been to several of the elementary schools. Uh, you know, the Diocese of Harrisburg is blessed with, with Catholic education. It goes back to St. John Newman's time, um, and uh, I think the Catholic schools are more important than ever now in our culture, um, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to, to form our young people in the faith and, to, and, of course, quality education in other areas, but to be able to ground all of that in the relationship with God and to speak openly about that relationship and to recognize that our, 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 real, our growth as human beings is guided by the vision of a God who created us and what does that look like in our lives around moral choices, our commitment to social justice, uh, to the meaning of the human person? Uh, these are topics that are now up for grabs in our society as a whole, to be honest with you, in many cases. And, and in Catholic schools, we have the opportunity to speak openly about our faith and, and to ensure that uh, our young people have the opportunity to have a relationship with God and to, to, to speak openly about that and to let it develop. Um, that can't be presumed, and it's the most important relationship you're ever going to have. So I love our Catholic schools. I've been impressed 
by the dedication of the administration, the teachers, the commitment of the alumni uh, is really significant, yes, it particularly is. in the high schools. Yes. Um, you know, people, I, I'm very loyal to my high school, uh, where I mentioned earlier, Lansdale Catholic. And I, I just really admire that. I've met with boards, uh, the boards of each of the schools. Uh, it is a, um, an opportunity to see that dedication first, firsthand. Uh, and to be among uh, those who really love Catholic education. So the other opportunity we have in this diocese, though, we've got a lot of colleges, uh, and colleges and universities. Every time I turn around, I think I'm adding to that list. But, you know, we have some larger schools, you know, state schools, Millersville and Bloomsburg and Shippensburg. We have, we have uh, uh, Bucknell and, and Dickinson and Messiah and Elizabethtown, I mean, and Gettysburg, and, and we go on, right? Right. So there's so many of them. I'm gonna, I don't want to start listing them because I'll miss on Susquehanna. Mm-hmm. Right. They provide a great opportunity for us for evangelization. Um, mm-hmm. And we, ha- we are present to the fullest extent possible in, in those schools with pastoral uh, ministry, campus ministry programs. We have some very vibrant uh, young clergy and, and, and lay staff uh, in, in those schools, as we do in our high schools. Uh, it's obviously a different relationship because we're, they're not our schools as the way the, way the high schools are. But uh, we, we just, I really believe that God gives us those opportunities for that faith formation and to lots of Catholics in those schools. And, and uh, I want us to be as present as we can be there. I was up in the lobby, and I picked up a prayer card from uh, the commemoration and installation uh, of you back in uh, June 21st, and I looked on the back, and, and the prayer consisted of, Heavenly Father, through your holy providence, you never cease to watch over your church with the aid of shepherds and co-workers fashioned after your own heart. Stir up within the Diocese of Harrisburg young men and women who will hear your call to priesthood and consecrated life. Lead our families, parishes, and schools to sow the seeds that will reap a harvest of sacred workers for your church. We ask this through Christ the Good Shepherd. Amen. That's one of the things is is important to you, and you mentioned that about spreading the faith within our thing, but also for those heeding the call. That's something that's very, very important to you as Bishop of uh, Harrisburg. It sure is. Uh, You know, fostering vocations of all kinds, uh, vocations to the married life, to the single life. Uh, it's a priority for, for me, um, uh, pastorally speaking. Also, though, to really emphasize right now uh, vocations to the priesthood and the consecrated life. First of all, I meet so many families. I meet young people. There's a, there's a vibrancy to their faith. I believe that God is calling uh, young men and women uh, to this particular vo- these particular vocations. We have wonderful witnesses of consecrated life in the diocese, congregations of women religious and men religious, uh, and other forms of the consecrated life. Uh, we have a great presbyterate, as we say, the, the priests of the Diocese of Harrisburg. I know many of them because actually 19 of them, uh, younger priests, uh, had me as their rector at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. Mm-hmm. So I, I, uh, I, I know them, and I, and I see the fruitfulness of, of their ministry. Um, we, we need to replace them, and we need to be building for the future. Right now, uh, the diocese, we have 11 seminarians. Uh, they, some of them, about half of them are at St. Charles in, in uh, Montgomery County outside Philadelphia, and the other half are at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Uh, we do need to uh, encourage young men to think about that, especially at this time. And that's why I wanted to put that prayer on there, that this would be a priority. Uh, as of today, we have uh, three men in application for next year. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping that that number will grow. Father Josh Weaver is our vocation director. He just got started. 
um, in this year, so he's working uh, very hard at this. Um, we accepted two men uh, for, who are in the seminary th this year, but God willing, we'll ordain four men to the priesthood uh, come June. I'm looking forward to that. And then right behind them, three men will be ordained transitional deacons. Uh, but that means out of the 11, seven of them are going to be out in the field pretty quickly. So uh, we want to continue to build that up. So it is a priority for us. Uh, you know, there's uh, the, it's every parish is, is so important and, and, and to be able to have them staff appropriately. Um, and I know that God is calling young men and women, again, also to the consecrated life. We, um, uh, we know that uh, you as the bishop of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg, you serve as uh, the shepherd, you know, of, of the flock and all of us. But um, we, we, we also have to understand that running a diocese of Harrisburg, there's a lot of business aspects to it and uh, running. But you have uh, certain goals, too, in those areas. Talk about uh, some of the things uh, that you look forward to in uh, working with uh, the diocese of Harrisburg uh, to improve it and, uh, you know, things that you would like to see in the coming years. Well, I, I, we have, uh, it's been a wonderful experience to get out and see the vibrancy of our parishes. And, and I, you know, when you, when you go to a parish and you, you celebrate the Eucharist, you get a glimpse into the life of the community. Uh, the quality of the celebration, by and large, is very, very high. Uh, the devotion of the people, uh, the appreciation for the quality of, uh, first and foremost, the devotion to the real presence in the, in the Eucharist and everything that surrounds that, the music, the decorations, the uh, commitment and the preparation of the ministers, the welcome that we see. I, I've been really impressed everywhere and inspired everywhere I've gone uh, in the diocese. Now, I know when a bishop comes, you got, they kind of ramp it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I know that that, you know, you can't fake that. <laughs> you know, so there's a, there's a lot there and a lot of commitment on the part of individuals and families to the parish. Um, we need to be looking outward as well. Uh, Pope Francis has really challenged the church uh, the, to, to, throughout the world to turn outward and to look for ways to engage people. Um, as wonderful as it is to see so many in a church on a Sunday morning, we know that there are as many, if not maybe two, three, four times as many, who are not there. And we need to be thinking about how we can reach out to them. Uh, we need to be thinking about people, especially also, who are really, as the Holy Father says, on the margins who don't feel welcome, don't feel a part. My hope is that I can inspire uh, our, our diocese to be ever more open and turning outward to engage uh, uh, people, to really build up the kingdom of God in the, here in central Pennsylvania in, in that way, to gather people to come to know Jesus Christ, to proclaim him. My, my Episcopal motto is uh, three, three uh, words, shio kui credidi. It comes from... St. Paul's second letter to Timothy, that Paul says to Timothy, I know him in whom I have believed. I know him. I know Jesus Christ. I was, that, that particular passage has moved me from the time I was a young priest, actually in the seminary, hmm. is where I started to think about that. To know Jesus Christ sets the direction of our lives. So to the extent to which I can be an effective bishop, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's getting people to know Jesus Christ, and that changes lives. Uh, to proclaim the gospel, to help them to know the Lord, um, is what was what we're all. What I want to get people more actively engaged in doing that. Many people do know the Lord, and and I have seen that. I see the fruits of it. Let's be looking for ways to engage those who do not know Him or who 
don't realize how much they're loved by God. Uh, you know, that, that Jesus always has his eye on us, no matter where we are in our journey, that he always has his eye on us. And that gaze is always a gaze of love. And for people, more than anything else, I think, in our society today, with increasing isolation and, and uh, acrimony among people, I think people need to know that they're loved by God, first and foremost, and that Jesus suffered and died and gave his life for us because he loves us so much. And nothing can change that. When I do my many interviews with uh, business owners and even the uh, doctors and surgeons at uh, UPMC, you know, we're talking with them one-on-one, but one of the things they always mention, and I'm sure you'll mention the fact too, is that, yes, you are one, you are the leader, you're the shepherd, but there are so many people who uh, work with you that you depend on, you know, the priest in the parishes, the this office staff, people like that. Talk about, you know, the importance of having those people, you know, out there all the time, uh, you know, helping you, uh, you know, spread the word. Oh, there's here in the pastoral center, just tremendously dedicated people. I mentioned earlier about our faculty and staff in the schools. Uh, I've seen this also in Catholic charities, and come back to that in a second because that's a big priority for me as well. But here in in the pastoral center, we we have a great a great team of dedicated folks in all the areas of the offices that I, that I've been able to see. I've, I've actually been um, trying to get to know everyone. I, I host lunches, uh, you know. Actually, there's been two this week. Um, to get to know individuals and see how things are going uh, in their offices, what their what their priorities are, what their uh, what their joys and satisfaction is in their in their service of the church, and also what their challenges are, uh, you know, because I want to I want to try to help, uh, help as much as I can, uh, but I I need to listen first, so I'm listening, um, and I, I I've seen that and. You know, if, for example, in the, in the Secretariat for Catholic Life and Evangelization, uh, this is kind of a catch-all, but there's a lot of different ministries there that fall into that. It's, uh, it's fully staffed right now. That's where our, our outreach with regard to, to human life uh, is there, uh, uh, issues related to youth and young adults. Uh, our, our work with cultural diversity uh, is, is in, that, in that secretariat as well. Uh, these are areas where pastorally, the church needs to be enlivened and always uh, active. So I, I, I've been impressed with the, you know, the, the level of commitment there, particularly in those offices. We're, and it's all about service to parishes, helping parishes to do mm. that, to support parish life, because the life of the church is, is not primarily here in the pastoral center, of course. It's out in the communities. It's on the ground in parishes throughout the 15 counties. Catholic life and evangelization uh, is your main ministry office that works closely with your parishes and teaching the faith of Catholics of the diocese. Uh, in a short time, there are a lot of things that, that uh, new have happened uh, that continue to go on and, and, and evolve. Yeah, as I mentioned, they, you know, they're fully staffed. That They had gone through a rebuilding process to do that, uh, at, you know, and, and uh, there's been a lot. I mean, there's been, they, they have the outreach for youth and young adults reaching more than 500 young people in our diocese. Uh, they hosted a youth ministry workshop uh, which has been uh, very successful. Um, care for creation is is part of part of that that consistent life ethic that we have in our church. We believe in the sacredness of human life, and that the implications of that responsibility, um, how that is impacted by what's happening in the environment and, and care for creation. They we had a program uh, for that in the diocese back in September. Uh, there was a, a workshop for priests and deacons that was hosted regarding mental health issues, which is a very serious issue. How can the church be more proactive in, in 
providing and ensure, helping to ensure that uh, mental health services are available and, and for the highest quality. You know, that as I go through the diocese, there's certain areas of the diocese where this is particularly important, where there's a lot of, a lot of suffering going on, struggles with addictions, families that have been touched by this. Uh, and mel- mental illness is like any other illness. Uh, it's not, there's no shame attached to it. Uh, we need to be, be there for people to accompany them. It, it's certainly been in my, uh, people in my family experience it, and I'm sure in so many others as well. So again, these are re- relevant topics that I think uh, are, are so important. But even, you know, accompanying people who are going through grief and loss uh, as well. Uh, we hosted our, our first Remembrance Mass for child loss, uh, where a new ministry was introduced to help families who have lost a child. So we're, we're working really hard to try to, as I say, uh, engage and to be of service, particularly to ensure the, the vitality of our parishes. There is a, a program, well, it's a revival, it's called the National Eucharistic Revival um, Nationwide Event. Um, next summer it'll be held in Indiana. Uh, again, getting back to you know helping you know spread the faith, spread the gospel, and uh, bring more and more people involved, especially into our youth. Uh, talk about and, and that's important too. Is that uh, you also have uh, programs related to that revival, which will take place here? Yeah, well, in June, around the time of the when the church celebrates the the, the solemnity of the Most Blessed Sacrament, Corpus Christi. Uh, where we already do have uh, many traditions and parishes of Eucharistic processions. Uh, but we're going to be focusing during that time on our own uh, celebration of the National Eucharistic Revival here in the diocese with a, an event uh, which we're still working on the details for, uh, uh, which would in- include a Eucharistic procession in Harrisburg, in downtown Harrisburg, as well as a, a, an, a, a, an opportunity to gather people together uh, and celebrate the wonderful cultural diversity uh, of our diocese. Uh, with that. And also, the, the, there is a national event, a, a Eucharistic procession across the country to Indianapolis, where there will be a Eucharistic Congress in July. And the procession is gradually coming from different parts of the, of the country towards Indianapolis. And the procession here in the northeast part of the country is going to come through the Diocese of Harrisburg hmm. along our southern tier uh, in, in June. And that will be an opportunity for us as a diocese to uh, publicly express our belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and the power of his presence in the Eucharist. So that'll be something to look forward to as well. We'll have more information coming out about this. And then there is going to be a pilgrimage, uh, which I'll be leading uh, as the bishop to Indianapolis in July. Uh, we have It's going to be a bus trip, um, and we're hoping to fill at least one bus, if, if not several, uh, if we can, to to get folks uh, uh, there in Indianapolis for what will be, I'm sure, a, a really transformative experience of the gathering of people from all over the country. You know, I have to say, Eucharistic uh, piety and belief in the, in the real presence is something that I, I see tangibly expressed uh, in so many ways. In the, but to, to engage more people in our, uh, in our diocese, we have uh, a consistent uh, celebration or observance of 40 hours devotion. Uh, many parishes do this. I've gone to several of them, go to the closing night, um, often with a Eucharistic procession there as well. That dates back to St. John Newman as well. It's like Catholic education. Um, you know, he, he brought the 40 hours devotion to the United States. And uh, in, this, in those days, with St. John Newman, Harrisburg was still part of his diocese. 
and he uh, mandated it uh, to be in every parish of the diocese, in those days the Diocese of Philadelphia, uh, and it continues. Uh, it's, it's great to see uh, was that time with Jesus in the Eucharist, the impact that it has on our own growth, and, and also the, how that translates into living our faith more actively. You mentioned this um, earlier in the program and the, the travels that you do, and and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit amazed, but also I, I feel good about it that, that you're still seeing faith is still strong. Um, you know, over the years with the advent of uh, technology and everything, a lot of us have drifted away, drifted out of the church, but uh, you're still seeing that, this, you know, which is, I'm very, very happy to see not only amongst our existing members, but also uh, the new generation. Uh, so it's faith, you know, we still can welcome people back into the church. Oh, absolutely. The church is, the church is alive. The Holy Spirit is working in people's lives. Uh, I mean, the, it, 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 it is, it's wonderful to see. I, I do believe that um, so often people who are practicing their faith now, especially after all that the church has been through in, in the last 20 years, you know, with the scandals and everything associated with that, and so much that's happening in our culture. Um, but the people who go to Mass on Sunday are, are pretty committed. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, it, it's something that it, this, this is, uh, you know, and uh, it really folks that are engaged. Uh, and I'm inspired by that. But we have to think about those who are not there, as I mentioned earlier, and how can we reach out to them? Let's get into Christmas. You know, after all, this is, uh, you know, Christmas week, uh, the most joyous uh, celebration. Um, we're, you know, just a few, we've heard that the Catholic Church, the Christmas season lasts longer than just Christmas Day. Could you explain that and also share some suggestions for our listeners on how they could continue to observe this special season even after uh, Christmas Day? Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. You know, lots of times the, the church's liturgical practices are inconsistent with what's happening in the culture. So I think for in the broader culture, this we're at Christmas. Christmas began the day after Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> so the Christmas trees were up, the lights were on, um, you know, everything was going. And it, it's all, Christmas is in December. Uh, but that's not the way the church is, obviously. This is actually, a, you know, these days now coming very close up to Christmas, but these days of Advent, which began, uh, it's kind of short this year. It's uh, just three weeks in a day. Hmm. Um, it's as short as Advent can be. But it's, it's a time of actually quiet waiting and uh, pondering the mystery uh, with the Blessed Mother uh, as, a, as a key person in this. Of course, she's a key person in every aspect of our lives, but here we, we observe her as she awaited the birth of the Savior uh, together with Joseph. So it's actually supposed to be a quiet time, but what, what's happening around us is, you know, office parties and shopping and, and lots of things going on. Uh, but Christmas comes, it will come upon us, uh, you know, with the, with the Vigil Mass of Christmas Eve, and then it continues through the baptism of the Lord, uh, the Christmas season in the church is to be celebrated through, which this year, uh, because it's all kind of truncated a bit, but it's actually Monday, uh, January 8th is the baptism of the Lord. Most often it is another Sunday, so you have the epiphany and then the baptism of the Lord. But particularly those days in that week after Christmas, it's kind of like Easter, the Easter season. There's a, a, a mini Easter season, but it's celebrating Christmas with, with great energy and enthusiasm then after Christmas. Um, I, I always think it's kind of sad when you see the day after Christmas, you see the, the Christmas trees out, out ready to be picked up you know, by the mm -hmm. trash. 
um, or to be put, you know, all the decorations coming down right after Christmas. It's actually when things are supposed to be ramping up. Yeah. You know, the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, really captures that. Hmm. It takes us from December 25th to January 6th. You're right. Which is the, uh, internationally, is the Feast of the Epiphany. Here in the United States, it's moved to that uh, second Sunday after Christmas, which this year is actually January 7th. It is a it is a time to 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 gather with family and friends and to allow the the beauty of uh, of the Christmas season to resonate in our hearts. Yeah, it's uh, you know we talk about uh, how special it is to attend mass, attend a, a service uh, at your local church. I jokingly said at the beginning about uh, E and C Catholics, uh, people only go to mass on Easter and Christmas, um, but we always mention this uh, at this time of year. Uh, one may joke. The church welcomes everybody back. You know, uh, find a place of worship nearest you. Talk about the importance of of coming back and and, and making the church uh, that services part of your Christmas celebration. You know, so many of our our human needs, uh, our our common humanity, come out around this time of year. Um, people have certainly have a lot of memories um, and a, and a lot of deep emotion associated with the Christmas season. You know, we, we particularly if we've if we've gone through a difficult time, lost a loved one, uh, have a, a serious illness or some financial struggles, whatever it may be, uh, it, it and Christmas sort of allows those needs um, and those deepest desires and longings in our hearts to surface in a new way. All the more reason to turn back to God, uh, because He's the ultimate answer. There there is a tendency to want to fill that empty space or satisfy that longing with things, with material things. And that's a big part of this season, that culturally, you know, the shopping and the acquisition of things. But, you know, that doesn't satisfy. Or whether it is, you know, the celebrations or whatever it may be, uh, it's, it's so much more than that activity. We really need to focus on what will truly satisfy the deepest longings of our heart that will heal us of the losses and the challenges that we have. And to turn back to the Lord, uh, and and to encounter the one who who is uh, the light that shines in the darkness, and the light that can never be overcome. I was uh, back in the eighties. I um, when I first moved up here, uh, the diocese offices are located along Union Deposit Road, and I lived in Penswood, which is uh, right over the way here. And a lot of times, I you know I was I was alone, but during the Christmas season, uh, caught my eye. The diocese building has these lights that say peace. Yes. And it really, uh, you know, lit up and inspired me. But my gosh, are those lights significant this year Oh my! Yeah. with priests? Talk about, uh, you know, yeah. with everything that's going on in the world, the importance of, you know, this is a holiday uh, for, for peace. Yeah. You know, we talk about Christmas as being a time for people to come together, uh, healing and reconciliation, uh, you know, the need for that healing. In our families, we experience it, but we certainly see it in our world today. Uh, my goodness, you know, as the war in Ukraine continues to unfold and so much suffering um, in Gaza, in, in Israel, and Holy Land, and, and then expressions of, of hatred and enmity that you see, that, and, the, and this, this violence that, that just seems to have no end and brutality. Uh, it, it's just it, 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 all the more reason to turn to God. Uh, this is not the world for which we have been created. Uh, we are we are called to to live in harmony, and to have a, 
that, that common sense of human dignity and an understanding of that and to live it fervently in our lives. So, yeah, that, that, I see that, that, that those lights are on now. I, mean, I understand yes, it dates back I saw. probably a generation. Oh, my so. gosh, yes. And I, every, I, pulled in, yeah. I pulled in today, and I saw the lights are there. Yeah, they're, they're on here, and it's, mm-hmm. I, uh, it, it, it is there probably. I, I'm not sure when it began, but it has become a very familiar symbol. And it, a reminder, uh, peace, peace in the world, peace in our, in our country, peace in, in our hearts and in our families. One word. Very, very important. Um, you know, uh, I sat down with your predecessors, and we talk about the holiday season. And, uh, you know, we we talk about uh, the times of growing up and what the season meant, uh, sharing thoughts. And uh, I know that you have a musical background. Um, Bishop Gator and I used to celebrate the, the food, things from our ethnic heritage uh, that made this season special. But what are some of the, the fond childhood memories, the memories that you still keep in your heart uh, about this holiday season? Well, I grew up, uh, you know, when I was very young, I, the, uh, the Christmas, I was a Christmas nut. I loved Christmas. I wanted, I started thinking about Christmas in October. Uh, when I was a little boy, they, uh, you know, they always wanted, I always wanted to get the decorations out real early. You know, so my, my parents actually got me a little Christmas tree in my room uh, so that I could decorate that in November sometime just because I was, you know, getting all excited about Christmas a little on the early side. Um I have uh, so many wonderful memories that, you know, we, we didn't used to put the tree up until right before Christmas. Actually, December the 23rd would be the day they would put the tree up, and my father would put the lights on, and then we would trim the tree on Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, I have, again, wonderful memories of that. Um, the, the, uh, and when I was really little, uh, they you know, put me to bed, and, and the tree wasn't trimmed yet. Santa trimmed the tree well, and you that. got up you got up the next morning and it was not only it was part of the christmas surprise was the this incredible scene of uh you know yeah. razzle dazzle lights and ornaments uh and then the toys uh but you know we i have uh, it, there's a certain poignancy to christmas now i would say um you know obviously my parents are deceased my brother we've other, i've had other losses and dear friends so it, it stirs a lot of memories and, and in the occasional tear. For me, that always is brought out most especially with music. Um, I, I, the, the carols, uh, the, the, the familiar songs of Christmas um, touch my heart, and I never get tired of it. You yeah. know, I always, always recognize that. So I, that's, I, that's pretty much a part of my, my day right now. It's sort of playing. In the, the soundtrack of my life in December is always... <laughs> As always, that I do, um, I do the same thing, and it, it brings out a lot of a lot of wonderful memories, and and uh, you know, I, it makes me feel how blessed I've been. You know, I, I recognize how blessed I've been in my family, my parents, the relationships I've had over the years, and experiences. So many wonderful Christmas memories uh, through my years in the seminary and as a parish priest, uh, and then later on as a bishop. The, you know, and now this is a whole new world for me here in Harrisburg. I'm building new memories and, and new relationships. Uh, you know, I have it's 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 that that sense of warmth, and uh, always those memories remind us, though, of what Christmas is all about, that God is with us, that what makes those special memories real is that experience of God in these wonderful ways, uh, and in wonderful people. Yeah, the um, as we wrap th- wrap things up, we always do this. Um, uh, the radio has always been a companion. For a lot of folks, maybe they're alone uh, this holiday season, or 
we're just rushed and harried and and pressured, uh, you know, this morning as you listen to this program or whenever you listen to the podcast itself. And we always turn to you as the, as the bishop of the, the Diocese of Harrisburg uh, for a prayer or a wish uh, for our listeners. What is that for from you this year? Well, I, I say, first of all, that we would be open to experiencing the presence of, of Christ in a new way. And we, we, we identify that opportunity first by looking inward at ourselves and say, where do I need the Lord in my life so much more? Where do I need that light? Where has the darkness touched my heart? And know that the Lord is, again, always gazing at us with love and wants to bring light into our life. We turn to the Lord, turn to Jesus, and and ask him to come into our hearts in a new way. Where do I need the Lord right now? And then experiencing that light, we do turn outward. Um, to think about the people who need the light that we see all the time. It could be someone in our family. It could be people in our community. That again, that we're not, it's not just about us caring for ourselves as a community of faith. We need to be looking outward and how we can be light in our community, be light in the 15 counties of central Pennsylvania that mm-hmm. comprise the Diocese of Harrisburg, how we can be witnesses, and not in a proud way, you know, in that, in that sense, not boastful, but rather to be instruments of light and service, healing, mercy. Uh, that's my hope. Amen. Bishop Timothy Sr., the 12th Bishop of Harrisburg, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Uh, learn more about the bishop and the many things that are going on in the diocese by going to hbgdiocese.org. Bishop, um, such a pleasure to meet you. And uh, thank you for taking time with us and our listeners this morning. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and have a very, very blessed Christmas. Our thanks to the Rachels here at the Diocese of Harrisburg who helped us put together this program. And I'm Michael Parkson. From our family to yours, a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, The easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.